welcome to Habits and Hope, the podcast that's not about perfection, not about punishing yourself. It's about being purposeful to be the person you were intended to be, joyful and fulfilled. Hey guys, hope you had a great week and uh, were able to go and listen to our two-parter on forgiveness. And I really hope that you were able to take away something from that because it was something that I definitely struggled with. I told my story as to why. I definitely did not tell my story to be in a negative light. I just wanted to communicate with what I had been struggling with and why it was such a big burden. And hopefully you can take something from that and work through any kind of forgiveness that you're needing, be it yourself or be it somebody else. You know, and when I finally had gotten through the forgiveness, it was funny because I was actually telling someone in like the Bible study that I'm in that I really just didn't know what I was going to do next because I had kind of everything figured out up until the point of forgiveness. And then I was like, I have nothing. And I was like, God, what am I supposed to talk about now? And uh, it was just funny because all of a sudden, like, I kind of realized, like, we had sort of talked about this and and it hit me. And and again, it just gives me so much conviction that God's hand is in all of this. And I still don't really know his whys or understand the reasons. But, you know, this is, again, an act of faithfulness. So this week we're going to talk about hearing God. Basically, I guess I picked, well, (laughs) I don't think I picked, I think God picked the top five reasons that keeps us from hearing God and, and kind of how to hear God. So we'll start with number five. Five would be pushing our will, our own will so hard. We just don't sometimes want to hear what God has to say because it doesn't always align with what we want. A big clue sometimes, which kind of was the podcast. It wasn't like I was adamant about maybe not doing this podcast. It was more like, well, I'm not ready yet. That's not where I'm at. If you want me to do it, let me, let me get further along. And it was like conviction over and over again of like, nope, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do it now and work through the process with people. So a clue sometimes that you're really hearing God is when you hear what you don't want to hear. Because it's not about what you want. And when you keep hearing and you're like, well, this, this is not what I want. This must be what God wants. It's not always perfect, but you know, it'll keep coming to mind. You'll keep reading about it. You'll keep hearing about it. A lot of times, you know, we don't always hear God's voice. We just hear what his will is for us. And it just keeps coming and keeps coming. And we finally go, okay, I hear you. (laughs) I get it. And I don't think I appreciate it when I was younger. We always grew up like really straying away or really staying away from any kind of rehearsed prayers. So to be honest, I didn't really learn the Lord's Prayer until I was in high school. And funny enough, it was <laughs> when I was playing soccer. Um, and and so we would pray before the game and um, they tended to pray the Lord's Prayer. And so I, I memorized it from that but I still didn't really appreciate it until I got older and, and the different parts of it. And, you know, that came from Jesus is that he says, this is how you're supposed to pray. And, you know, let us not miss that. He says to pray, you know, your will be done. It's not 
Lord, please give me this like wish list. Please give me all these things. It's Lord, let your will be done. And his ways are so much higher than ours. And, and for reference, that's in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. When I was thinking about these, I thought of two people in the Bible who particularly, they were straight up hearing God <laughs> and, and they still didn't, you know, heed right away. I mean, Jonah absolutely heard God tell him to go to Nineveh and out of fear, he was like, uh, no, and he ran. Uh, can you imagine running from God? Well, that didn't work out so well for him because he ends up in a well until he basically was like, okay, okay, your will, God, <laughs> your will be done. And then Moses, you know, argued that, you know, he couldn't even speak, you know, and it's just funny because, you know, God's speaking to him and God is capable of sending these plagues and everything else. And Moses never says like, okay, but can you help me speak? Can you help me find the words? And so sometimes we just forget, you know, how powerful he really is, how amazing he really is and what he can really do. But we're pushing our own will so hard. We don't just stop and ask for his help because we just forget. So number four, this one's a tough one. And this is not because we don't get into a spirit of punishment or condemnation or anything else. But the truth of the matter is sin does separate us from God, right? Isaiah 59 two says your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. The bottom line is, is God is so good and so perfect. He just can't coexist in a place where sin is. This is to say that sometimes when you're not hearing God, there may be this roadblock. You've got to move out of the way. You've got to deal with it. And not on your own, but, you know, part of that dealing with sin is coming to God and saying, this is my sin, you know, help me turn from it, help me change from it. And, you know, and, and Lord, forgive me. Even Jesus was separated from God for a moment when he took on the sins of the world. So Matthew 27, 46, when he cried out, you know, why have you forsaken me? He felt forsaken because God can't exist where sin is. So even Jesus had a moment where even though they, they're, you know, he's the son of God and, and yet he is God, he is the word. And he still as a human form was separated because he took on all the sins of the world. Then he became that bridge for us. He's that redeemer so that, you know, I don't have to do like the sacrifices and things like that, that they had to do anymore. Even though we have that bridge and we have Jesus, we can't go on just pretending like the sin isn't existing. We're still supposed to deal with it, see it, say it, pray it, and turn from it. Number three, our own feelings gets in the way. It could be shame, pride, fear, pain. All of that keeps us from seeking him and his will. So sometimes it's shame, we condemn ourselves, and we forget that his grace is sufficient. So we aren't really seeking him and his will and in, in, in seeking hearing him because we're beating ourselves up over something and we just kind of don't feel worthy to, to even go to him. But that's never been God's intentions in any way, shape, or form. Is sometimes it's pride and, you know, I don't like to think of myself as a prideful person in any way, shape or form, but I am a very independent person for sure. And 
that really kind of becomes a form of pride of like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to handle it first. <laughs> and then I'm going to go to God when things don't work out or I'm going to try it my way and I'll let God know when I need them kind of situation. And, and unfortunately that's, that's a form of pride and it's going to keep us from hearing what he really wants for us. Sometimes it's fear. There's a, there's unknown and, and unknown is scary or, you know, we just aren't sure we're so uncertain of things and we're just not having the faith to, that he can see us the whole way through. So we just avoid it. And, and then pain, sometimes we can't get over our hurt enough to really seek him, whatever it's for, for seek him for peace, seek him for relief, seek him for his words. So we, we just kind of avoid those things because of our own feelings. We don't come to him. And if we don't come to him, we can't hear him. Let's just be honest. Sometimes, you know, we're going to church, we're praying, we're sort of showing up in our body and maybe even some of our mind, but our spirit's just holding back. And it's kind of keeping that distance that is going to keep us from hearing God. Jeremiah 17, 9 says there's several different versions. So like the heart is deceitful above all things or desperately wicked above all things is beyond cure. Who can know and understand it? He's telling us our heart will deceive us. It will keep us astray. It will distract us. You know, we're, we're being warned that, you know, our feelings can really mess us up <laughs> in Proverbs three, five. It reminds us to not lean on our own understanding. I, I heard something this week that was a little difficult to hear, but he talked about, you know, the power of words and that we could basically be giving either power to God through our words to ourselves, to other people or whatever, or we could be giving power to Satan because it's in darkness, it's in despair, it's in whatever it is. So there's like kind of a one side or another there's very little words that unfortunately are just neutral you know telling ourselves any of those things that like well i need to clean myself up first before i go to god or well i don't want to go to god for everything i'm, I'm just gonna try and, and do the best i can or i i just don't see how god can work in this or i just can't understand how god can let these things happen all those different feelings are a stumbling block, but guess <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't let God in. Unfortunately, it gives power to Satan, and 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 gives him more control in our lives than than God. And <laughs> I hope again, like this is this is not to be coming down on anybody. Like it's an awakening and saying. I need to choose my words carefully and I need to rethink it and I need to give God room to talk to me and not lean on my own understanding and keep earnestly seeking his words. Because when we really look, we will find it. We seek and you'll find him, right? Okay. So number two, doing it alone. So we already kind of talked about kind of doing it on our, uh, ourselves without God, but this is also the fact that we are spending too much time alone and we are supposed to seek him in silence and quiet. We'll talk about that in a minute, but, um, but we're also supposed to spend time in community. 
And Psalms 133 talks about how wonderful harmony is with our brothers. Jesus prays for us to be united with one another in John 17, like 1 through 26. I mean, if Jesus was praying for us to do that, it must be pretty important, right? In Romans 12, 4 through 5, it talks about how we all need each other because everybody has their own spiritual gift. God has given us those gifts, but he gave it to us so that we, when we come together and we work in unity, like we kind of have the whole package. <laughs> but he really lets us know, and, and so does, you know, Paul. He tells us, you know, we don't, we don't have it all. We can't do it all on our own. We're supposed to work together. And Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 talks about, you know, not neglecting, but encouraging one another. Matthew 18, 20, this one's a really big one where it says, where two or more are gathered, I am in the midst. He constantly reminds us that we're supposed to spend time together. You know, to pray together, to encourage each other, to strengthen one another. We do have to have that time. And sometimes it may not be when we hear God. Although a lot of times I do from what someone else, someone else will say something. And I'm like, oh, oh that's, it. I know it comes from God. It's exactly what I needed to hear. It's not maybe what I wanted to hear, but it's exactly what I needed to hear. So it's a really big part And it's not always easy. I mean, the world is kind of built where we are, it's easier to sort of separate ourselves, but it's so important we can't do that. Okay. So number one is we can't hear him. We can't hear him over the noise. We're so busy. There's so much distractions. We cannot hear him because he can't get through all the noise. I mean, Jesus was about as connected to God as you could possibly be, right? And yet still three times when he was in his human body and he was about to face the crucifixion, he went alone several times to be still, to listen, and to pray. And that's in Matthew 26, 36 through 46. You know, he, he goes to the garden, you know, he keeps leaving his disciples coming back and they're all sleeping. He's getting aggravated, but he keeps going to be alone, to be still and listen and pray. And I do have a lot of trouble with the being still sometimes and being, being truly in silence. Um, I think it was from being in a house with growing up five kids who just was so used to noise and I've always been just kind of a busy person. My daughter is the same way. She can't sit still for all the money in the world. It's hard, but yet Jesus is our example and you don't get a better example than that, that he's, if, if he's connected to God and still needs to go and sit, be still and be silent, listen and pray, we probably do too. You know, Ecclesiastes 3, 7 tells us there's a time to be silent and there's a time to speak. You just got to know that you've got to have both. Psalm 46, 10 says, be still and know that I am God. But the first part is be still. And some of that's just like, get rid of the busy, 
stop, you know, with the phone, stop with, you know, what I, sometimes we even got to turn on, even if it's worship music, sometimes it is still overcrowding his words. And so no one will get it and understand you as much as I do that sometimes in prayer, I'm trying my hardest to pay attention. But when those prayers get really lengthy, sometimes I realize that it's like somebody changed the channel on me. And all of a sudden I realize like, I'm not even focused on this prayer. I am thinking about what I'm doing next or something like that. It's and, And I don't feel like I even have control over it. So it's a fight and I understand it. But of course, you know, God can help us with any of that. In fact, Exodus 14, 14 says he will fight for you. We just are supposed to be still, just be still and he will fight for you. So stop taking, you know, our will out of it. Stop, you know, forcing our way. I also, of course, love the story in Luke 10 um, because I totally relate. Martha and Mary of, you know, I probably would have been Martha trying to be host and like I'm getting dinner ready and all this stuff and I'm cleaning up and and there she is just she's just sitting at his feet doing nothing and 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 I totally get Martha and her frustration but Mary had it right she just went and sit at the feet of Jesus because the other stuff just doesn't matter Romans 12 2 also tells us you know not to conform to the world don't be everything that they expect us to be the typical, I guess, world would not say, you know, start your day, go be still and, and hang out with Jesus for a little while in silence. It's early bird gets the worm, go, go, go after it, go get busy, go get busy right away. But we're not supposed to conform to the world. We're supposed to be transformed. Also, Matthew six nineteen through 20 reminds us, you know, what's important and the stuff on, on earth, you know, moth and rust destroy. So that's not what's important. It's what's inter- eternal. I know I know that it's hard, but the power in coming to Jesus first and spending that time each day. And again, it's a practice for me. Be still, be quiet, listen. But when you really start to hear him, man, it's like I said, it's not often. I'm not saying it never happens, <laughs> but it's not often you hear him speak but you can still listen and hear him. Do I have an amazing story about hearing God or Jesus? Uh, Yes, absolutely. But it doesn't always happen that way. Uh, I will tell the story just because you need to know that he can. (laughs) And it's crazy because I probably thought I was crazy. I still in small, but it, it was just such an amazing experience. We were standing in front of the church. My youngest son had just been baptized and no one's really standing like right next to one another. We're heads are bound. We're praying. And I hear like, as if someone whispered in my ear, I have great plans for him. And my head like whips up because it was so clear and a, and a voice in my ear. And I look around and there is no one <laughs> whispering in my ear. And my husband's not even close enough to lean over. And the preacher who is praying is not close enough to lean over. No one is close enough. And really, it wasn't even a familiar voice exactly. It was a, it was a tremendous experience to what that means. I still don't know. And we've tried to be careful not to like 
put this huge burden on my son because I don't know who knows what that means. But when you hear him in that way, of course, that is amazing. But that's not how it always happens. It is often that, you know, I keep hearing the same scripture over and over and over again, like flip on the radio. There it is. Pick up a book. There it is. Turn open the Bible practically falls open. There it is. And you're like, okay, God, you've got my attention. And, and oftentimes it happens more like that. But the bottom line is, is I feel like if you take those five things and you really think about that and you're looking and you're seeking him, you're going to find him and you're going to under start to understand his will for you. And I don't know about you, but I would much rather follow the person who created me and his will for me because he knows so much more. Okay. So that is our hope for today. So let's talk about habits. So we're going to work on goals and putting down our goals. And I have learned this. You likely have learned this so long ago, but it is still a good refresher. SMART goals. If you've never heard the acronym, it is specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-sensitive goals. But I really feel like they need to be written down. And, and I am somebody who kind of like fights against that a little bit. I'm a little, got a little, a little rebellion in me. And I'm like, nah, I know what the goals are. It, it's just not enough. I mean, first of all, it needs to be specific. So it has to be, you know, like that who, what, when, where, why. Like the, the general like questions for an interview kind of thing. Interview yourself and, and get down the specifics of what are your goals? Not just like, oh, I want to be better. I want to be healthier. Okay, how? I want to be eating better. I want to be drinking more water. I want to have better nutrition. I want to work out. I want to lose so many pounds. I want to, whatever. And I'm, these are the things I'm going to do. It's got to be measurable. So how do you know when you reach your goal? Because otherwise, if you're just like, I want to be wealthier, <laughs> then how do you know when you get that goal? And you're just kind of aimlessly wondering uh, about trying to reach your goal, but it should be more detailed. It should be exact and you need to know when you get there. So if you want to lose weight, how much? If you want to save money, how much? If you want to start writing, how much, what are you, what are you, what are you trying to write? How much? And maybe break your goals down. Whatever it is, you're giving yourself a finish line. And then to be honest, I think a lot of stuff is realistic and attainable for the most part. Now, if you want to lose 50 pounds in two months, that's not realistic and unattainable. But do you want to lose 50 pounds? Period. That's attainable. Now, how are you going to do it? You don't want to be defeated before you even start. And that's, that's honestly to remind you, we do those minute movements. And I think those are huge. They, to give you that satisfaction, it pushes you when you go, yeah, um, okay, so my house is not as organized as I want it to be. But I did these five things today. I made these baby steps towards what I am trying to do. That's why we do the minute movements. For one, it gets us closer. But for two, it gives us that satisfaction that we did something that was attainable. We attained something. We just give ourselves kind of like a timeline. This is kind of like a deadline. I mean, I kind of hate to say deadline, but if you just say, I want to save even $10,000, okay, by when? 
the main thing is a plan. So Luke 14, 28 even tells us if you were building a tower, wouldn't you first kind of sit down and kind of estimate the cost, see if you had the money to do it? Like you would make a plan, right? This comes straight from the Bible. He says, make a plan. We've got to like plan our goals and kind of give ourselves this structure. And, you know, it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to necessarily fill in the blanks, but just put it to the smart test. Again, it's specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time sensitive, meaning you've got a deadline. Once you've kind of planned your goals, you start taking a goal and you break it down into tiny, tiny pieces. And these tiny, tiny pieces maybe move into minute movements and it may be, may be more like a 15 minute movement, but you start breaking those things down. So I'm going to give you some examples that I came up with. And, and I would kind of write this down because like you may know what kind of needs to be done, but have you even done it yet? If you haven't, likely you have not, uh, honestly. And I'm not saying that against you because I've been there, done that too. Like when I'm kind of like, yeah, I know what needs to be done. I, I know my goals. I don't need to write any of that down. It just, just doesn't really happen the same way as having that plan. So, so if we kind of write this down and break it down into the tiny pieces, forget about like, yeah, I know in the back of my head I, I need this done. Like, let's work through it. So for one, for one example, okay, let's say I want to be more organized. So the first thing I'm going to do is instead of saying like my whole house needs to be organized or my office, whatever, you're going to break the whole area down into smaller sections. Even if you just had your office, you could say, I'm going to like this side of my desk I'm going to deal with, the files I'm going to then deal with. You know, you're just breaking things down into very small sections. And then you, you may say, okay, now I'm gonna prep myself with the right things. I'm gonna have a bag of trash. I'm going to have a donation or sale box. Then maybe even I'm gonna have like a basket of for moving stuff that doesn't belong there. Then you take that small section and you remove all the trash. And then you take that small section and you remove the things you don't value. If things that don't belong, you put it in that basket. Even going and getting that basket, getting that trash bag, getting that donation cell box, all is still a breakdown of steps. You just keep breaking it down into smaller and smaller and smaller steps. And you only work on a small area at a time. I know I'm somebody who still fights the urge to take everything out of my closet and deal with it. But it takes so long and it can be very overwhelming. And sometimes it's rushed, you know, take these steps and make yourself like a little kit to, to organize and so forth. And then, so you've done those things and a step could be to evaluate what needs to be done. A step could be to now I need to add some storage or add some things that keeps it organized. And then you move to the next, but you have broken this down into tiny, tiny little bite-sized pieces. Let's say the other one is weight loss. And let's just say there's two sides of that one. One is eat better and one is workout. So for the workout side of things, you're going to start with a workout plan. Okay. What, how am I going to work out? What workouts am I going to do? You've, you've got how you're going to work out and then you create a schedule 
this is like, say the days I'm going to get, I'm going to work out and then the times I'm going to work out. And then you realize like, well, if I do that, then maybe I've got to get up earlier or I've got to, you know, cut out TV. So you, you create that part of your plan. I'm a big proponent of working out earlier because the best intentions, it is so much harder to work out at the end of the day than it is to work out in the morning. And trust me, I'm not really a morning person. I've just learned to just get stuff out of the way and man, the rest of the day goes better. So for me, it's getting up earlier and then I'm like, okay, well that means I need to put on my workout clothes before I do anything else. So like, okay, so I get, maybe I have those ready the night before. And then when we're talking about that, like maybe you realize I need to go to bed earlier. And so you make a plan to go to bed earlier and then you maybe realize that you've got to do some things to, to fuel your energy. Um, maybe you've got to take some B12 and, and some smoothies and so forth. Maybe you've got to come up with a tracking system. Okay. Like these, this was my plan to work out. Okay. Now I actually did. Maybe you need a motivational partner, um, to hold you accountable or even to work out with you. You're going to create a plan for success, but you're just going to break it down piece by piece. Think about the hurdles. Like, yeah, I still think I'm going to struggle even even though I've got this great plan, I think I'm still going to struggle with it. Well, great. Then find somebody who's going to help you not struggle with it. And even if part of that is praying through it, then pray through it. Um, setting up even a, a, like a playlist. I shared my, I have like a worship motivational, but like kind of pumped up workout. It's all Christian. And I shared it on, I think the Facebook page, maybe somewhere else too. But um, if you can't find it, reach out to me. And, and doing that even like helps because you know, you get yourself in that right state of mind. Even this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, see, I've got, I haven't le- listened to the lesson yet for the Bible study. I need to listen to that. I need to work out. And at 7am I'm supposed to be on this call for this, for the Bible study. And cause it's a zoom call and, and I could flake out on one of those things. Um, I mean, people even come to the Bible study and not listen to the lesson and that's fine. But I was like, I was struggling a little bit with motivation, but I was like, you know what? No, I can do this all. So I worked out while I listened to the message. I hustled myself along and realized I I have time. I can get this done. And I got that done and showed up sweating (laughs) to the Zoom call. But I feel better for it. I did have to push myself. Hey, I would love some motivational partners. So come join the Facebook group and we'll work through it together. I am really good at motivating myself when I have to motivate someone else. So another side of the weight loss, you know, is eating better. And, you know, I kind of shared what I've been working on lately, but, you know, pick, pick some good recipes that, you know, are like, look at the nutritional content. Are they, are they full of nutrition? Are they healthy? Do they have like maybe healthy fats? Are they kind of lower in, in carbs or at least things that like will spike your glycemic index. And then you, so you plan out your meals, you buy your ingredients. If you need to, you prep it. Sometimes I get in the mode where I'll come home from the grocery store and say like cook the ground beef and, and cut up the veggies and so forth. And sometimes I just don't have time for that right then. So I've got to break it down in, in each day, either way, maybe it's, Finding the okay snacks that are, you know, like, you you know, you're going to snack. So you might as well find some snacks you can have. Research it, buy them, stock up on them, 
I'll taste them before you stock up. <laughs> but, um, and then arranging all that. So everything's super accessible. One thing we did because we kept noticing produce was being put in those drawers that it's meant to have produce, but we realized that things didn't get eaten fast enough when we put them in there. You kind of forgot about it. I hear all the time in my household, oh, I didn't know we had plums, oranges, apples, whatever it happens to be. I don't know we have grapes. I would have eaten them before they went bad if I had known. I hear that all the time. So I was like, you know what? I know that these drawers are technically intended for that, but we're just not going to use them for that. So we put like the meat down there because like the meat just never goes bad. We, <laughs> we always use the meat because I've got that plan in the meal and we put the produce at like dead center in the, the fridge so that it's super visible. And sometimes like we only put it in the containers that'll help it last longer and things like that. But it really changed dramatically when we just made it accessible. And my daughter recently like arranged the pantry. She's so funny. She's so my child, but she arranged the pantry so that like certain snacks that her and her brother like are more accessible. And I kind of need to work on the other side of that. So I don't, I'm not really tempted by those snacks. They're just not like my kind of thing, but you know, just arranging things. So the right snacks are accessible. Sometimes it's removing temptations that can be very hard when you have several skinny little children, but it doesn't hurt anyone to go without sugar. It doesn't hurt anyone to go without junk food. So removing temptations is sometimes what you got to do. Sometimes part of that eating better might be tracking your food. Again, having accountability. But you, you're going to like kind of break it down, I guess. Take those hurdles that you know this is going to be a struggle. All right, now come up with a plan for that. And then just keep breaking it down piece by piece. Let's just say even accountability. Like, okay, I need someone to hold me accountable. How am I going to do it? Um, I'm going to join a Facebook group. I'm going to ask my really good friend who I think is struggling with it too, if we could team up. I'm going to do a podcast so I have to talk about it, um, whatever it may be. But so part of that plan, even maybe picking up the phone and calling somebody and having a conversation about that, that's still part of the plan. Break it down into the tiniest pieces until you have no hurdles left. If you find that you are still sitting there stuck on that hurdle, you haven't broken it down enough. And that sounds really crazy. But if you haven't done it, you didn't break it down small enough. So break it down smaller. I hope that makes sense. But it's like building a sandwich. Okay, so you need the bread, the meat, the cheese, the lettuce, whatever, the condiments. Okay, so you take all those ingredients out, but maybe you need to make the bread. And so you need the ingredients for that. And you're breaking it down all the way down to like the bread being eggs, flour, milk, and yeast, whatever. <laughs> so you're breaking it down into like the tiny ingredients, not just the bread, meat, cheese kind of thing for a sandwich. I hope that helps. I hope that makes sense. Trust me. I know because if you lack any motivation, which honestly, a lot of people do. The people who say they're super motivated, that's just because they figured out how to hack past that. I think we all struggle at some point with something with motivation. This is a big part of it is working through it as a very proactive plan. So I am praying 
that you do the things to help you hear God, put God in your plan, but make your plan and have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening to Habits and Hope. Please reach out on all areas of social media. We are on Twitter and Pinterest and Facebook and Instagram. And of course, all places where you can find podcasts. We love it if you subscribe. Have a very blessed day. Mm